Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking, and today's special guest is Miss Katie Irving. Now, she is the founder of Moonshot, an agency that drives growth for the world's leading brands by uncovering opportunities at the center of youth, culture, and fashion. Yes, she is a first guest of this sort on our show, and uh, she has been leveraging over 15 years experience in the fashion industry. So I am super excited to learn more because I know nothing about this industry. Uh, Katie, I'm super stoked to have you here and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Katie, I am super stoked. I, I have so many things that I can't wait to talk to you about because I think I'm going to geek out a little bit, so I'm excited. <laughs> but why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay, so as you mentioned, I'm the CEO and founder of Moonshot. Um, you know, but I wasn't always an entrepreneur. So I'll give you a little backstory, kind of on my journey there. So I grew up in Nashville, born and raised. I moved to London when I was 18, and I did my whole undergraduate and postgraduate in London, and I studied fashion always wanted to study fashion. I've been obsessed since I can remember. So um, so I've worked in the industry now for just a little more than 15 years. And I spent most of that time in kind of the corporate fashion world, working for different brands. I've worked in London and Paris and New York. I've spent time in Ohio working for brands. And a few years ago, I just started to sort of feel unfulfilled by this corporate career that I had built, you know, and climbed that ladder really hard and then got there. And it just didn't feel like what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, being in the fashion industry too, I started to kind of understand there were things about that that didn't feel so ethical. There's a big human and planetary cost associated with that. And I just felt sort of icky about my role in it. So I decided to make some changes. I left my full-time corporate study income and, you know, which cut our household income in half and decided to you know, start a new journey and, and really work on ways that I could come back to the fashion industry and help move it forward into a new future. So you know, that's what I do with Moonshot. It's really about helping align brands with the progressive values of these young customers. So like Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And the win-win situation here is that you know, brands get to align and, and grow their customer base. And, but they also get to operate more ethically, more inclusive, more sustainable. And so, you know, so that's been a really fulfilling journey. It's great, you know, to have this more kind of purpose-led 
uh, career that I'm crafting now. And yeah, so that's sort of my journey, journey into entrepreneurship. And that's what I'm up to. So exciting. And now, you know, first question, I have two little ones here. First question is Ohio. It has to be like your favorite place that you were doing fashion in, right? definitely (laughs) I know so it's funny my daughter is like now she's old enough she's like wait wait a minute you lived in London and Paris and New York and then I was more than Ohio like what (laughs) what happened (laughs) I know no listen no one's more surprised than me I mean so I have been here quite a while now when when my husband and I first moved here we thought it'd be for like a year or two but we love it. I mean, we absolutely love it here. So, and there's a, there's an amazing, huge fashion scene, great art scene. It's very creative in Columbus. So yeah, we like it. So nice. my, my mom is from Columbus. So, uh, oh, that's great. familiar with I, Ohio uh, very well, but, uh, all right. My real question though, I worked in Dayton by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, we've been there. Uh, uh, my, but my, my real question is about propels youth brands. Moonshot propels youth brands. Tell us, walk us through that. Uh, Cause that, that is, as Ron and I first started looking at your website and trying to get to know you from that way, we were trying to figure out exactly what that meant and how, how that is. Yeah. So, you know, I spent most of my career working with brands in the youth space and, you know, most of that time spent kind of in the, in the trend forecasting and, and brand strategy and insight space. So that's really what Moonshot focuses on. And what we deliver is the insight into youth culture and fashion to help brands really be able to understand who their customers are. So they understand their trend, culture, mindset, and values. And when they can create a fully 360 view of their customer, it really creates much stronger brands. They're able to create better products and stay aligned with their customer more more thoroughly. So that's really what our goal is. I love, okay, so I'm just going to dive in for a sec. So uh, all these jackets and shoes and stuff, did you paint these? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So they're awesome. Like if, like they're beautiful. Like I'm looking at it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. So is this the stuff that you're helping people do or or kind of what is it that, that, is this just your creative outlet? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Exactly. So that started when I was still working full-time in the corporate world. And I was kind of at this place where I had grown into a leadership position and I wasn't as hands-on creative as I had been. And I missed it because, you know, I got into fashion because I love painting. I love sewing. I'm very hands-on. And so I started a side brand called YCHL Collective and did hand-painted leather goods for, I mean, different celebrities. It was in like boutiques in Miami and LA. And it was just at the time an outlet for me to kind of explore my creative identity outside of the corporate world, which ended up being really important for me when I did leave to, to kind of transition into a new career, because I felt like I had a really good sense of you know, what I still gravitate towards. And I think it's so easy to lose that sometimes in your career. So yeah, sort of a hobby, but, um, but also just a, a lot of fun. Oh yeah. They're beautiful. Thank beautiful. you. Beautiful. Well, if, if we're not doing something that's fun, then why right. are we doing it? Right. And that's as, as a business owner, you know, I, I, Ron and I, we get the lucky pleasure of, of doing things that we enjoy and working with people that we enjoy and right. And you left the fashion corporate, so to speak world, right. Because of those things that didn't align with your values to now you're being able to 
be involved in it, both in the sense of your values, as well as in the sense of enjoyment and, and, and helping people in that sense. Um, so I love, I love that that's the direction that, that you went. And so uh, tell us though, like Moonshot, it, it's kind of got this, like, I think it's like four phase, five phase, something like that uh, process. Um, and so walk us through like this phase one, if I joined you today, what's the, what, am, what are you walking me through? Uh, and then like kind of walk us through the steps and what Moonshot is, is really doing to help people. Yeah, sure. So, you know, the thing with Moonshot is it's all about getting in at the ground level and really defining who the customer is. Cause I think this is a big mistake. A lot of brands make, I, I think they, they know a little bit about their customer or they don't make enough effort to continually get insight about their customer. And so they sort of lose touch with them along the way. So, you know, a lot of, of brands will look for someone to come in and help them fix a category that's not working, or they want someone to come in and help them work on, you know, brand messaging or something. But what I usually find when I work with brands is that you need to peel back the layers and actually what the root cause of almost every problem is, is that they've not got that clear customer definition. So with Moonshot, that's where we start. You know, who is your customer? Who's your current customer? How could you grow that customer base? Where's the white space opportunity there? Um, those are kind of the main things that we like that we look at. And then from there, you know, once you know who that customer is and you know, you know, what their what their kind of cultural landscape is, then it becomes really easy to start spotting opportunities for brands. So, you know, within the product or, or apparel space, it might be new categories that they can add on or a new way that they can design clothing for marketing. It might be new types of content that they could use, lots of different ways to do it. But, you know, then it's all about like, okay, where's the white space? And then, you know, from there, it's all about cross-functional strategies. So depending on the type of project we're taking on, it might be, you know, working with the company across multiple different teams. It might be focusing more on, you know, the product side, um, but really it's about implementing that strategy and finding out how you can capitalize on these opportunities. And then finally, it's uh, active activation and implementation. And um, so, you know, with Moonshot, I've worked in the industry for so long. I have an incredible network of really talented experts within the industry. So any project that comes along, I'm tailoring that constantly. And, um, you know, the people that I work with, we can take projects all the way through to implementation. Some companies will implement themselves, but some need help with that. And so, you know, I have people who spend a lot of time in the corporate world like I did. They work really closely with a lot of brands that they're super connected and they're able to come in really easily and just plug into companies and help them kind of implement. So that's sort of the, the format that we follow. I, I, I love that. So I, I'm looking through and, and so it looks like you start with, so here's the brand, then there's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's culture, values, and style, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that will help attract people to because I, I love how visually and obviously you can't see it because it's not on there it's like a solar system view of the picture I'm looking at mm -hmm. and your brand is in the middle of it and everything's kind of just circles around it and what happens if you're in the middle of something you'll start attracting other people to your brand as long as those core values are, are put in place so do you help brands identify their core values in a way to help them attract their ideal clients 
or just to make sure they're getting their message out correctly? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. And, and those four pillars that you just mentioned, so those are what I consider to be the pillars of qualitative research. And, and that's really where Moonshot shines. Like we really focus on qualitative research and especially with this huge influx of data that we now have, you know, that's one of the big changes I've seen during my time in the fashion industry, so much data. But what I find also is that we're, we're still in the wild west where companies, they have it all, but they're not quite sure what to do with it. And that's where, in my experience, qualitative data really wins. You know, um, it's a chance for companies to really create more of a 360 view because, you know, the data tells you what your customer is doing. But that qualitative research helps you connect the dots between why they do it, what they're likely to do in the future, how that might evolve over time. And so that's really what it's about. It's about creating, you know, the full view and, and not just not leaning too hard on, on data. I think that's the main message for brands and, and the main, really one of the main issues that I find with brands. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everything is more than just the data, right? Like you can, you, you need the data. We all need the data to truly understand where we're at, but it's more than that. Right. And I, I think so many people get stuck on never looking at data or then there's the other side that gets stuck on only looking at the data, right? And mm -hmm. I think there's a mix between that. And that's what sound, sounds like you're good at bridging that gap for people. So uh, love it. But all right, I have a fun question because I know today, I think, uh, or I think we are your third interview on a podcast today or of mm -hmm. any podcast, if I recollect. And uh, so tell us like for your company, how are you out there finding clients? How are you out there getting your message out and being being heard and people finding you because uh, I know for Ron and I basically everything kind of starts with our podcast for, from a mm -hmm. visibility standpoint and so it's 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 exciting and and to hear the other side of it where you know you've got your thriving business already and uh, and you've not even thought about the podcasting world yet so uh, so I'm excited to hear your answer on that because yeah Ron and I we're on podcasts all day long, pretty much all the, all the time. So uh, it's, it's pretty unique to me to hear. Yeah. So, um, well, Clubhouse has been great for me. I mean, that has, I mean, and that's super new, but I, so I've been on that since, um, I don't know, late 2020. So several months now, but it, it's just amazing to me how quickly it's grown. And so I hold a weekly power hour over there on Thursdays at two Eastern time. And it's just a chance to talk about all things at the center of youth culture and fashion. I've had amazing guests on. We've had some great conversations and there's new people in the audience every week. So I've met so many new people through Clubhouse. And uh, so that's been really great. And otherwise, you know, I've been in the industry a long time. So a lot of what I do comes through connections. And, um, you know, one of, one of the real lessons that I learned leaving the corporate world, going into this, you know, self-employed entrepreneurship world is that when I was working full-time, I didn't spend a lot of time networking. I mean, and I think a lot of people make that mistake where I just kept my head down and worked really hard. And then when I left, I was like, oh my gosh, there's, where's this person? I worked with them five years ago. Where did they go? You start to try to find people and reconnect. And now the thing I always tell people that are still working in the world, I'm like, that is your insurance policy, network, network all the time. Keep that 
community going. And, um, and so that's, so that's been a huge lesson for me. It's a big focus. I spend a lot of time on it. I, you know, I love adding value for people. I love connecting with people. That's a huge part of, of being self-employed and, uh, and running your own business. So yeah, that's a big part of it for me. But you're totally in my brain. Cause there's two things I was going to mention is <clears throat> If, if you look at your stuff, there's the word connection a lot. So the connection between the customers and the brand and you and your customers. So that was one. The other one that I want is a, is a quote that you put out here, exist to enrich your customer's culture, not to tap into it. That, yeah. That's huge, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So talk about that for a second, because that's, I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs go wrong. I think that's where they aren't looking necessarily to enrich anything except their pocketbook. Totally. I totally agree that, you know, that is basically, I would say moonshots mantra. You know, if you had to boil it down, it's all about that. And, and what is so important about that for the fashion industry is that there has just been this incredible power shift over the last decade where everything in fashion used to be top down. And now it, it's the other way around the customer is in charge, they hold all the cards, they're creating the styles, you know, youth consumers, they're very, very good at crafting their own styles. They don't feel the need to conform to trends, you know, so they're just a totally different customer. And, you know, along with that, what, what we used to find when we were working with team brands a lot is that everyone was cool hunting all the time, trying to tap into this trend, trying to tap into that. And it's this, you know, it's not a very positive relationship for the brand and customer. It feels one way, it's very transactional. And one of the great things about this power shift is that it has given the opportunity for brands to, to really connect with their customers on a deeper level. And I always refer to it as an ecosystem. You know, you want this healthy ecosystem where you're in touch with your customer, there's a dialogue there, and you're really part, you're playing on the same team, you're part of the same, team. And so that's what it's all about. And so when brands get to that level and they build those sort of connections with their customer, you're part of their culture at that point. You're not trying to tap into it. You're not just showing up at the party and trying to capitalize on them. Like you, you're making the party, you know, like you, you are the center of it. That's the Holy grail for youth brands, for a lot of brands, but especially for youth brands. Yes. You know, it, you mentioned the fact that, uh, people aren't necessarily conforming, right? Like they don't need all the others. And so it just made me immediately think of what the most recent thing with, with like GameStop and AMC and the Wall Street, right? Like it, it made me really uh, think that people can do their own thing. They don't need the big brands to tell them. So, uh, you know, what's your stance on that just overall? And, and it's because some of these principles, a lot of these principles, they translate to anything outside they can be, they can be put it outside the fashion industry, right? It's not just uniform to what you're doing with some of the stuff that you're teaching. Yes, you're teaching it about the fashion, but yeah. What are your thoughts just overall on that? Just mentality of, of these youth brands and not conforming, like uh, dig in a little bit on that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's so interesting about, you know, what's happening with youth culture now is that technology has lowered the barriers to entry to pretty much everything, you know? So if you look on TikTok, people are starting and running thriving businesses just based off of content, you know, selling clothing out of their bedrooms. They've got, you know, so 
they're so teenagers they're very entrepreneurial now because they have the access to be able to do these things like it's so much easier than when it was when I was a teenager like late 90s like these things were just not options so you know because of that they don't really see limitations um, but the other side of that you know they have a lot of power but they understand that the nature of that power extremely well like that is not lost to them and uh, one of the great things about them is that they're really really intent on using that power for good so they're really all about pushing pushing the industry forward and kind of i think helping push values forward that are that are great values for for all industries but especially for fashion okay i have a a total random fashion question that i've never understood and now i can ask you and hopefully you have the answer because mm -hmm. i didn't know who i could ask so you see all these runway shows with clothes that I've never seen on the planet, like in a store that get all these rave reviews. What happens with those? Like, I don't ever see them in stores after the runway. Like, I don't understand the process. What is, what is, do you understand what I'm trying to ask? Cause yeah, like, I'm yeah. so confused by it. Like there's this runway, this outfit and the outfit's never seen again, but it won all these awards. Like what, what's the purpose of that? Yeah, some some things that are on runway just don't make it to market. And, you know, that's just the way it goes with brands. You know, once they go, once they go to market, once they start working on selling um, after Fashion Week and after they've shown, some styles just don't do very well. They don't go into production or some styles were only ever made to be showpieces. So that's sort of an interesting thing. I mean, the whole idea of runway shows and that whole part of the system is also undergoing a massive change right now. And, you know, COVID disrupted the idea of in-person shows, but it, it goes a lot deeper than that. You know, so we've had some shows shift to digital. We had cities like Helsinki, and then went to like an all virtual fashion week where it was all, um, you could actually buy the, the clothing in like virtual form and you could dress your avatar. And so there's a lot of cool things happening around that. But I think mainly the biggest changes are around calendar and the purpose of the fashion show. So it used to be all about showing it early. And then it was a chance for buyers to come in and pick what they wanted. And what happened was fast fashion brands were getting in there and ripping them off and like getting speed to market faster than these luxury brands could. So then it was all about showing closer to when things were going to set in store. So then runway shows started happening faster. And then now it's a little bit of every man for himself. There's still kind of a fashion calendar, but some brands have just decided to show really close to market and some brands have decided to stick to the original timing. So it's very much in flux. It's very much like a watch this space kind of thing, but that whole business model and the whole way that that works is, I mean, it's so antiquated it is time for a change. So exactly what you're saying, like, it doesn't make sense to you because it, it doesn't make sense. You know? <laughs> well, Corey was trying to, to design his own stuff and I, I don't know. It might have worked on a runway, but maybe not in like real world. Probably not. Probably not. Really dress myself, let alone go and design something like that. So, um, all right. Well, our shows, you know, we, we love the business owners and entrepreneurs. And so now that you've transitioned and, and you've got that, what's what's been kind of your thought is like, gosh, in hindsight, I wish I knew this first. I wish I would have had that information before I jumped all in. I wish... Uh, somebody would have taught me this uh, before I had to learn the hard way. So yeah, tell us uh, what's in hindsight, what's the, the first year of, of your business that, 
that you really wish uh, you would have had a little different info for? Yeah, well, the networking is probably the biggest part that I was talking about. Just like don't ever underestimate the power of that, whether you're fully employed or not. And I think the other one is all the business development that goes into starting and launching a business was a huge learning curve for me. And that is something I've had to just seek out that the education for that, you know, I've attended webinars, reached out to my network, asked for advice, read books, you name it. Um, but, you know, that's been a lot. And starting a business involves writing massive amounts of coffee, which I was unaware of too. So that, so I find myself writing and spending a lot of time writing and really crafting the brand message and really making sure that it's clear and concise and, you know, getting it out across a lot of different mediums. And so that, that's been a huge learning curve, but yeah, I would say the business development piece is the part, especially for creatives that come out of the industry. It's just not something that has ever been a focus career-wise, but I find it interesting and I, I've really enjoyed learning about it, but it has been a giant learning curve for sure. I was uh, <clears throat> looking on Moonshot or the moonshotagency.co and I love the sustainable growth they put on there. So you got people plus planet plus purpose plus profits, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think a lot of people miss some of those pieces or they're just frankly afraid to use the word profits, right? Even though this is what Corey and I say, everyone's in business to make money, right? Period, end of story. So if you don't have a larger purpose on there, you're doing something wrong. Like you should have some kind of purpose to impact people. So like for us, we want to help the impactors impact their tribe. That's the whole piece of what we try to do, because then that way we can cheat a little bit and say, we helped impact those people. If we can give you stuff to help you impact those people, we kind of did our job. The money will come based on us doing the right thing. And everything I'm seeing around you and your, your company is you're doing things the right way to attract the right people to impact it in the right way. So that's awesome. But I would love to dive in a little bit around your sustainable growth model, if you could. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for that. That's really great to hear. So yeah, sustainable growth is interesting. You know, there's been talk about triple bottom line, quadruple bottom line. I'm in the quadruple bottom line camp. So that is when you have planet, people, purpose, and profit. So that purpose is the fourth in there. And I think it's really important. And I think it's what's important for brands to know, especially for brands that are trying to reach youth customers, is that this is not really negotiable anymore, you know, because younger consumers expect a lot of transparency. They, they expect to ask a lot of really pointed questions to brands and they expect to get really thorough answers back in return. But, you know, because they're really educated and they're really empowered, they want to know, how are you treating all the people along your supply chain? How are you ensuring fair wages and conditions for everybody? Um, they want to know how you're impacting the communities that you operate in. They want to know how you're treating your employees during COVID. Like, these are not negotiable. These are really important parts of doing business now. So for companies that are still stuck in this old way of like profit above everything, um, they're going to have a really tough wake up call over the next decade because you know, cancel culture is real and customers care a lot about these things. So I think, you know, that's 
I'm, you know, one of the big messages from Moonshot is like, you got a chance now to get in, make these changes and do this or else like brands are going to get left behind if they're too slow on this. Definitely. And, and I, again, I like, I like putting this into other categories, right? Like it doesn't matter. It's just, you're a business owner. Um, if you don't have some of these things, right. If you have a product of, of some kind, you should have these in, in place, right? If you have a, an employee of some kind, you should have this in place. It, it matters how you treat people. But specifically, I wanted to touch on the word purpose. Now, again, when you do, when you start a business, you should do it where you have the, um, you are doing something that you love, but there's also a reason why you're doing it versus the, the nine to five or versus you're doing it differently versus uh, somebody else. And, and just an example of what Ron and I do, we, we, when we launched our podcast and we went through a program, we immediately were tried, someone tried to sell us, you know, graphics for 500 bucks. And then someone tried to sell us editing for another thousand dollars. And it's like, we haven't even gone and launched a podcast and somebody's already tried to hit us up for 3k when we thought we got what we needed when we started at 1k. Right. And that like, and so we developed our own podcast launching course and program that takes away those pains. And it's just like, no, this is the one price from day one. There's no other hidden stuff. And you go and launch your show, hit the charts, make some money off your podcast. Like that was our purpose because of our pain point. And we don't want others to feel the same way that we felt as we went through that process. And so for you, tell us like the, you know, you've, you've got the, the purpose for you, but uh, like, where were the pain points in the past? What, what's kind of that driving force uh, for you? And really what's that main purpose for you? Yeah. So, you know, the mission of Moonshot is all about helping to align brands with the progressive values of, you know, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, but, you know, jumping above that and looking at the kind of overarching mission, it's really about helping move the fashion industry forward, creating the future of the fashion industry to be more ethical, more inclusive, more sustainable. So that's the purpose of Moonshot. You know, that's less customer facing, but you know, that's what gets me out of bed every day and, and keeps me doing this. And it really comes directly from just having worked in the industry for so many years, having seen, you know, in the industry as a whole, a lot of the things that it does that are, you know, harmful practices, big planetary costs, you know, unethical, even the way that marketing messages are sent, especially, you know, I, you know, I'm a parent, I have a tween. So I care a lot about the messages that my daughter hears. I care a lot about the way that brands market to customers in this age group. So that's, that's a huge driving, maybe the main driving force for me behind wanting to help customers do better and wanting to help them create more ethics around the way that they connect with customers and the way that they market to them. So yeah, so for me, it's all about purpose and that, and I find that is the difference between doing, being in a career, being in an industry that you love in a job that you don't love versus, you know, doing something that makes you excited to get up every day and go to work. So it's, it's a, a game changer, honestly. Oh, so good. <clears throat> no, that was really good. I, I love, <clears throat> I love, and I'm just, I'm playing on your website because I love how it's set up, <laughs> but the word transparency just keeps jumping out at me. Like everything, like you're just calling it out right there. Like everything you're putting there, here's, here's the stuck in the cycle of reactivity. Uh, I love 
how you're walking people through the trend, the culture, the mindset, the values, uh, the youth marketing opportunity. One, I'm a dad, Corey's a dad. So thank you for like spearheading that. Cause a lot of the stuff, like even, even when we're watching the Super Bowl and one of the commercials had cussing in it and we're like, well, timeout, like that's okay now. When did that become okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So I love that, but I love how you've called out the largest, most powerful generations in history are people's current and future customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're not involved in that, you're going to get, as your visual shows, smaller and smaller parts of the circle, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And and they're large and powerful from a numbers point of view. I mean, Gen Alpha will be the largest generation in history. They'll be about $2 billion by 2025. And, um, you know, even though we're starting to see plateau population growth in, you know, the US and Europe, there's areas like Africa and India and China, they're still continuing to see huge population growth. So there's a little bit of nuance there to how, how and where brands continue to connect with customers in these generations. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think brands, they ignore these generations or underestimate them at their peril. You know, they are really important. And I think within the fashion industry, especially it has had a tendency to kind of underestimate the children's wear segment and a little bit the teen market too. And it's just not the case anymore. I mean, that there is huge opportunity to be had there for sure. Well, and just like I was, the one picture that pops into my mind that you had was the girl with the glasses and she's in a suit and it's just, a, it's a black and white. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But like I have two daughters and one loves to dress up and we'll go shopping and it's like no you can't wear that <laughs> it's like <laughs> i i know you like that but you can't wear that right mm-hmm. so um one awesome sorry Corey, i jumped ahead of you but i had to i had to bring that up yeah stop talking over me Jeez. sorry sorry my bad um all right so I, i've got one final question for you katie and it's if if we didn't cover it today if we didn't ask you uh, what's, what's the missing, what's the missing thing that you want to share about you, your purpose, your mission, moonshot, overall, uh, arching, whatever, what's, what's the last piece that we need to cover? I think the main thing, um, that's good for people to know is that, you know, while fashion is certainly moonshots expertise, we really work with anyone in the youth brand space. So anyone that's trying to attract or work with a youth customer, we're really working with the same elements here. So we're open to different types of projects in those areas. And, um, we have a, a free report that's on the website right now that I think a lot of people would find helpful. So if you go to the moonshotagency.co, you can download that. Um, it's called New Genesis, and it's really all about the five non-negotiable actions that will propel brands through the next decade. So it really looks at the huge changes that are coming down the pipeline. For instance, you know, the birth of the metaverse, where we're going to start to see the, the virtual and physical and um, these worlds, like digital worlds coming together and what that will create new economies, new places for brands to be born and live. Um, it also talks a lot about Gen Alpha and why they're changing things and what's important about them. It talks about the future of connection. So really important things for brands to think about. And um, that's a great tool and asset for anyone who wants to learn more about the future, but also more about Moonshot and what we do. Oh, 
so exciting. So I, I know I can keep going and gigging out, mm-hmm. but for the people that want to connect with you, that everything's resonating with them, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Best place is Instagram. That's sort of the hub for all of our content. So we're at the Moonshot Agency on Instagram and we've got lots of cool um, content coming soon. We've got some interviews and some cool IGTV series coming up. So check us out there and yeah, DM, we'd love to connect. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Katie. I, I know we are very appreciative of your time today. A blast having you on. Happy to be number three for you. And uh, looking forward to hearing so much more, Uh, but definitely appreciate your time and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was great to meet you both. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right, Ron, a first for us, right? We get a fashion expert. We can, we we got someone teaching us how we are and everything we're doing, but not really. I'm feeling old. Like I'm feeling old for a second, like Gen X, because I'm Gen X, like it's, it's a small bubble. Like it's down the down down the the chain next to baby boomers. It's like, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm going to be a small circle soon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I assume you got a couple takeaways for us. I do. I got a couple. One, tailor your services to your client and making sure you're enhancing what they do. And and worry less about the money that you're going to bring in. Offer the value. The money will come. Like we've said that multiple, multiple times. And secondly, be transparent. Be transparent in everything you're doing so people don't have to question or wonder, right? They know exactly where they stand. I love the four Ps. And also, I'm going to give three. Sorry, Corey. Understand your data. Don't live in your data. Don't live in your data. Just understand the data, but really have a whole customer view to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Those are good ones. And you know what? Uh, one thing that was said it really made me think of this, and that is don't underestimate your client. No. Nope. Don't underestimate. It's, it, whether it's a, an entire gen generation, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, whoever, just don't underestimate the client because if, if you can work to f- cater to what they need in the right way, then they'll sing your praises for you. You don't have to do more advertising because they will do the advertising for you when you treat them the right way and don't underestimate them through the process. So, all right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed Katie as much as I did. And at the end of the day, her links are gonna be in the notes. So head on over and find Moonshot Agency, find Katie and uh, get your free report. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon. Thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hack.